What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Last year, President Obama was in St. Louis, where he announced an ambitious government program called Tech Hire. The goal was to help local communities train more people for jobs and technology. At a time when we all lead digital lives, anybody who has the drive and the will to get into this field should have a way to do so, a pathway to do so. So my administration is committed to this initiative. And he introduced a woman called Lashana Lewis. The president says, She's exactly the kind of person who deserves a chance. Now, the, the reason Lashana's story is so relevant is L Lashana grew up in East St. Louis. She had a passion for computers, but because of circumstances, constraints, she wasn't born with a silver spoon in her mouth, uh, she wasn't able to get a college degree. And because she didn't have a college degree, she couldn't even get an interview for a tech job, despite her coding skills. But Lashana got some help from LaunchCode, which teaches coding and helps place people in related jobs in St. Louis. And today, she's a system engineer at MasterCard. This was a real success story at a time when teaching high-level computing skills to students has never mattered more. The U.S. government expects almost 200,000 new software developer jobs over the next 10 years. And there are tons of coding schools, boot camps here in the Bay Area and all over the country. They all want to produce more success stories like Lashana. Some are for profits, some are nonprofits. I feel like I hear about a new one every week. One of these schools is especially interesting. It was started in Paris by a French billionaire named Xavier Neal. And about three years after the launch of that first school, he decided to open another branch right here in Silicon Valley, the mecca of technology. The school's called École 42, or School 42 in English. And the new branch in the U.S. is in a town called Fremont, the same place where Tesla builds its cars. It stands out not because its founder, Xavier Neal, is one of the richest guys in France. Yeah, he's kind of like a cross between Steve Jobs and Elon Musk. And not because he's a ponytail-wearing geek who dropped out of school, or even because he first got rich by starting a sex chat service and went on to build a giant internet and phone company called Iliad. Well, all those things are interesting, but the school stands out because it offers a rigorous three-year education in the most highly demanded skill in the modern economy, all for the absolutely low price of nothing. Hi, I'm Brad Stone. And I'm Sarah McBride. And this week on Decrypted, we'll tell you about an education experiment aimed at addressing one of the tech industry's most intractable problems. By offering the program for free, the goal is to extend opportunities to people who have been shut out of high-paying, secure jobs in technology. We'll also hear the rub, how starting a free coding school in the US brings a special set of challenges that never came up in France. I found that out during visits to the Silicon Valley branch of the school, which just opened in September. 
You'll also hear from me. I'm Marie Mawad, and I'm our tech reporter in Paris. I visited the original branch of School 42, and I spoke to its billionaire founder, Xavier Niel. So Marie, let's start with that. Xavier Neal and why he decided to open this school. Well, Xavier Neal says he wanted to solve two problems. First, businesses need more coders. That's a huge challenge here in the U.S., where the tech industry is going faster than almost any other sector. The people who might make great coders just aren't getting a chance, like people from rough backgrounds or youngsters with criminal records. Here's what Xavier Neal told me about why he decided to start the school. In our company, we, we saw that we didn't find enough people, enough talent, enough people who, who knew how to code. And in this mind, um, we, had, we, had, we had and we have very good school in teaching code in France, but never enough people who know how to code. And at the same time, uh, if we were in France, outside of Paris, in a lot of suburbs, you have a lot of people who are very poor. And in fact, in France, when you are uh, when you were born, when you were born uh, in, your, in a poor family, at the end, you cannot go to school and you stay and you remain, you remain poor generation after generation. And the idea was to mix these two things and to try to have these people coming from the poor suburbs going to a coding school. But... I caught up with Xavier Neal on the top floor of the Paris headquarters of Iliad in front of a panoramic view of the city. Neil came in wearing a turtleneck, thick framed glasses, his usual slicked back, longish hair. He's a friendly type, smiling, and he gets quite passionate when he talks about 42. And we should probably explain to anyone not steeped in geeky science fiction where the name of this school comes from. It's a reference from the book The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and it's actually the answer to life's biggest, but never explicitly stated question. It's 42. And by the way, when I visited this school, I realized it's full of nerdy references like that. So Sarah, tell me more. What's, what's unusual about 42? Well, it's a three-year program, and it's free, but it's not accredited. There's a curriculum and tests you have to pass, but no teachers. The students teach themselves. When School 42 first opened in France, thousands of people applied. Xavier Neal picked an up-and-coming neighborhood in the north of Paris called Kishi. It's basically being rebuilt from the ground up. It looks like a construction site in what used to be a neglected, run-down area. It's full of cranes and jackhammers all over the sidewalk, but it's slowly shaping into a modern district around the skyscraper building for Paris's biggest courthouse. And Sarah, tell us about the school here in the US. Well, it's pretty much opposite to the school in France. Here, it's in an office park near Fremont, a suburban kind of place on the southeastern side of Silicon Valley, about 40 miles from San Francisco. It's in an office park by a freeway, past a bunch of strip malls. And at first, I couldn't even tell if I was in the right spot because the parking lot looked so empty. It's in a big office building that used to belong to another college. School 42 bought the building, but it's hard to tell. It still says DeVry University in giant letters on the front. You have to head around to the back of the building to find the School 42 entrance. Xavier Neal says he founded both schools for similar reasons when something struck him about software engineers. And we don't have a lot of diversity in France in this kind of job. It's usually very white people coming from more or less rich families. Because in the US, you have exactly the same issue and the same problem. 
So Xavier Neal decided to open a branch of his French school in the Bay Area, and a lot of tech industry people who knew about the school got super excited. School 42 put up a video of them on its website. Here's Stuart Butterfield, who founded Slack. I love the concept of 42. I like the idea of peer learning. They learn. And Jack Dorsey, who founded Twitter and Square. It's really unique. I, again, I haven't seen anything else like it in the world. And Evan Spiegel, who founded Snapchat. I'm excited that it's coming to the US. That was my one big complaint when I visited. I was like, why is this not in the United States? And they were like, well, actually. I think San Francisco. And it's Here's what the school in France and the school in the US share. They're both open 24-7, they only take students under 30, and all work gets done in giant computer labs. In the US, the school has exactly 1,024 Mac computers. It's another one of those nerdy references we mentioned, because that's how many bytes are in a kilobyte, sometimes. Okay, but Marie, I'm having a hard time getting my mind around one fact we mentioned earlier. There are no teachers at the school, zero teachers. There's no need for them because the students teach themselves, really. Of course, they learn from a curriculum compiled by the school, and they have to pass tests to move to the next level. Okay, uh, what does it take to get in? First, you have to pass a logic test online. It's almost like playing a game. And if you pass that, you can come to campus for another set of tests during La Piscine. Now that's yet another of those inside jokes at the school. Piscine is the French word for swimming pool, and when you talk to the students, they'll tell you you definitely get thrown in at the deep end. If you make it through the piscine, then you can come join the program. It's three years, and it's free. And in the U.S., there's a free dorm, too. But you still need to pay living expenses. And how does that compare to the deal offered by other coding schools? Well, in the U.S., coding schools might cost around $15,000 for about three months. So coding school's pricey here, but it's short. On the other hand, School 42 takes three years. So in time spent, it's almost like going to college, and you learn a lot more than in a 12-week boot camp. But that's three years when you could be holding down a job and earning a salary. So Sarah, Xavier Neal isn't making any money on tuition. Is this purely a philanthropic endeavor? Yeah, purely philanthropic. He gets a little boost to his personal brand from it, but he's not getting any money. He came from a rough background himself. I think he just wants to give a little back. Okay, so the big question, is it working? Of course, Xavier Neal likes to boast about how some outrageous numbers, something like 20,000 companies, have offered internships for Ecole 42 students before they even graduated. And when the school launched, one consulting firm said it'll hire everyone who graduates. Now, the first crop of graduates are actually out, and so far it is looking pretty good for them. Some have landed jobs at Uber and at Bank Societe Generale, for example. And of course, Xavier Neal himself is looking to hire at Iliad. Marie, what are the students like? They really look like your average teenager. They're in their early 20s, one in 10 are women. So when you walk into the school, you mostly just see a bunch of guys in t-shirts and hoodies with their headphones on, their eyes glued to their computer screen. School 42 doesn't track statistics about family income, so it's hard to tell, but when you talk to the students, many will tell you about tough backgrounds and previous jobs delivering pizza, for example. Generally, university was out of the question, and most never even graduated from high school. That's way different to School 42 in Fremont. There, the students are a couple of years older than in France. There are more women. And when you talk to them, you hear that many have college degrees. Lots of them were well along in different careers before switching gears and trying coding. So where were you working before here? 
I was working for Macy's. As a? As a merchandiser. It's a dramatic shift. Yeah, I went to uh, the University of Cincinnati. I was there for three years. I was trying to get a pharmacy degree, but I never actually went to a pharmacy school. I was just in uh, pre-pharmacy. And then there's this student, Sonia Chibi. She was formerly an investment banker. I'm graduating from Sorbonne University and I start in asset management field. And I moved to investment banking when I was sales assistant in the money market, short money market. And after that, I was in charge of control of the position and derivative. So Sonia's smart and eager, but she's not the profile of the typical student you'd imagine would benefit from a free coding school. And she's not really the kind Xavier Niel says he'd most like to attract. Here's the kind of person he says he wants. People coming from the diversity, poor people, this is the kind of people we are looking for. But to Sonia, her presence is desirable, maybe even vital. It's not just give a chance to people who don't, who can't come in the traditional school. No, it's to 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 mix people. I'm here to meet other people and to try to uh, to exchange my ID with them and maybe something good will happen with those people. I'm not here to stay in my corner alone, no. And when you put it like that, actually Xavier Neal agrees with her. If you are coming from a rich family and your, your parents have, if your parents have enough money to pay you a great school, we are very happy with that. But the great idea is it's to try to mix people and to have in this school people who can afford to, have, to, to go to a big university and at the, at the same time people who cannot afford to go anywhere and to mix them. Of course, this is a hard problem. At all kinds of universities and workplaces that work to recruit diverse groups, the different groups don't always interact as much as hoped for. And to be fair to Sonia, she's not exactly stealing places from hordes of underprivileged applicants. School 42 says it's been a challenge getting word out to the people they want to reach. Brittany Beer is the chief operating officer of School 42 in Fremont. I definitely think that that could be uh, something that is going on right now, that some communities don't necessarily know that this opportunity is out there or that it's actually available to them. This is actually a big problem in the U.S. A lot of universities say they have a tough time finding the diverse group of students they want. Critics, of course, say they aren't trying hard enough or they should start earlier when students are younger. Brittany said 42 relied a lot on media to get the word out and also online discussions, places like Reddit. I asked a bunch of the students how they found out about the school. I learned about 42 through a Reddit post that I followed to the application. I, I found it on Facebook and it was interesting, so I talked to it about my parents and there here I am. Um, actually one day I was reading on Forbes magazine and I actually saw an ad for 42 and figured that, hey, this looks interesting, I should give this a shot. So I did. <laughs> the problem is, the people who'd most benefit from 42 might not be reading those articles or checking those websites. So is 42 doing anything to reach out to community groups to try to get more candidates from less privileged backgrounds to apply? They are. They're talking to a number of community groups, and Brittany thinks things will improve naturally over time as more people learn about the school and spread the word. 
So far, there's a definite contrast, though. In France, when the school announced it was opening, it drew 70,000 initial applicants, whereas in the U.S., it was just a few thousand. And that's partly because Xavier Nio, the founder, doesn't have quite the reputation in the U.S. that he does in France. Here's Brittany again. In France, when you say Xavier Niel, uh, everybody knows him because he's the one that's making your cell phone plans <laughs> much cheaper than other individuals. So everybody's heard of uh, this individual and uh, knows also of 42 of the school. Yeah, I would say that he could be a version of Mark Zuckerberg in France. Xavier Niel's definitely a household name in France. For a lot of youngsters, he's a symbol of how one guy can go from total outsider to lunching with the president and running a $10 billion company. But he's also a geek who can talk about coding, and that's helped him stand out from your average businessman. But Sarah, is it just that nobody's heard of Xavier Niel in the US, or are there other challenges? Yeah, there are a few challenges. For example, the school here isn't accredited. So students can't get student loans or even deferrals on loans they already have. And that's important because a lot of U.S. students have already been to at least some college. I met a woman called Kimberly Arvin. She dropped out of an anesthesiology program in Southern California to go to School 42, but not before she racked up some pretty big bucks in student loans. She won't be able to start paying them off until she gets a paid internship next year. So whatever collection notices come, you'll just ignore until you have a little bit of an income. I would say 42 is worth it at the, this current moment, yeah. <laughs> One thing she said makes it worthwhile, the free tuition at 42. And another student, Devin McLaughlin, told me that because of the free dorm, he's been able to keep expenses to a minimum. It's very strange to revisit dorm life much later down the line, uh, but it's, it's fairly easy because you don't have to pay for living space. The price of food is managed and anything else is not optional exactly, but minimal. When you ask Xavier Neal, though, the founder of 42, he'll tell you free education isn't always a selling point in the U.S. We have a special, uh, particular issue in the U.S., which is that when it's free, when you have no tuition, people, they think you have always something behind. It's, we didn't have this thing in France, but in the U.S., okay, well, you have a trick, uh, what, what's behind? And there's nothing behind it. Brittany Beer, the COO in the U.S., said the same thing. Is it really free? What's the catch is quite often what I always hear. Uh, and is this for real? Most individuals think that this is actually a scam. We had one student, he showed up, and we found him wandering around in the parking lot with a suitcase, and we asked him what he was doing, and he said, well, I just got off a plane from Florida. I wasn't quite sure that the building was actually even going to even exist. I thought this was kind of a scam, but I figured, hey, what's a plane ticket? Might as well find out and see what it's like. That student, Adam Arivo, says that's pretty much exactly what happened. I was very skeptical and did not think it was legitimate. And part of his suspicion was the price tag. You see free education, and, and people, of course, judge that being very poor. There's actually mixed evidence on that point. Unlike parts of Europe, free higher education in the U.S. is rare. What comes closest to it in the U.S. is community colleges, which are usually less expensive. Right, but those aren't exactly considered prestigious. President Obama has suggested making community colleges completely free 
but some of the people critical of the plan said it would devalue the education they were providing. Still, the students at School 42 say that free definitely doesn't mean easy or low quality. Here's Adam again. I've never been a part of something that works so incredibly well. That's despite getting hit by some pretty tough standards. Adam found that out on the first test. I didn't do so hot. Uh, there's a lot of work to do, and I just didn't prepare myself properly. So the next one will do much better. So we can't blame the teacher because at School 42, there are no teachers. The policy stems from research dating back decades on something called peer learning. Peer learning shows that students learn much better when they have to explain the material themselves. Lots of universities use it here and there. So does another coding school in San Francisco that in ways is similar to 42, called the Holberton School. But School 42 takes the idea to extremes. Yeah, I saw them doing that. The students have to do all their work sitting together in the computer lab. They hold study sessions before tests. But sometimes that doesn't go so well. At one study session, a student gave a long, complicated solution to a problem and another student was complaining, was waving his phone around, showing his screen, and what he said was a much more elegant answer. Nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. That's Mason Young, who helped organize the study session. All we can do is uh, examine it, learn from the mistakes, let it go and move on. You could say the same about the school itself. It'll be interesting to watch what happens to the people coming out of this program. Will they get those coveted engineering jobs with the top internet companies? One challenge is that many of the big Silicon Valley companies where 42 students say they'd like to work, Facebook, Google, those companies generally won't hire out of coding schools. Yeah, they're very traditional. They still like good old-fashioned college grads or engineers with lots of experience. We'll get to find out in a few months because those companies will have their first chance to actually test the chops of the students at the school. In the spring of 2017, the first group of U.S. students starts applying for internships. So, Sarah, if this podcasting thing doesn't work out for us, would you ever consider going to a coding school or even a a school like School 42? You know what? I actually thought about that took the test and realized I personally have zero aptitude uh-huh. for coding. How did you do on the test? <laughs> I don't know, but I could tell things were not going well. <laughs> I still haven't done part two of the test, which is when I'd get my results. But uh, given what I know now, if I really wanted to be a coder, I would still go to coding school. It's just a lot more work than I'd realized before I started doing the reporting for this story. I talked to one guy who sent out 1,100 resumes before he got a job. It's not just going to the school. It's all the work afterwards. And what you're really getting is just a little taste for coding. You'll still have to do a ton of work to land a job and be able to not get fired in that job. Well, as you point out in the accompanying print story on uh, coding schools, which people should check out on on Bloomberg.com slash tech. The jury's still out on on some of these programs, right? I mean, uh, companies, the big companies in Silicon Valley don't always quite know. They're not quite confident in, in, in the kind of graduates they're getting. Here's the problem. When they first came out, everyone wanted to hire coders. And I think quite a few people did get hired out of boot camps. In fact, I spoke to people who went in kind of the 2013 timeframe, and it was pretty easy for those people to get jobs. So then they got a reputation as, oh, yeah, go to this school and you'll be able to get a job. 
But then when people started realizing that 12 weeks in boot camp actually is not enough to learn coding, that maybe it makes sense to hire somebody who went to college and studied computer science and spent four years on it, the backlash happened. So yeah, a lot of these schools are uh, not doing so well when it comes to placing their grads. School 42 is more like a college course because it's three years long and you have to do internships with companies before you can finish their program. So they might have a little bit more of a shot at successfully placing students faster. (laughs) Marie Mawad in Paris, would you ever consider going to free coding school? Step one would be to update from my HTML (laughs) coding from 20 years ago. (laughs) I'd have some work to do, let's say that. (laughs) So Brad, (laughs) would you ever leave the highly lucrative field of journalism for coding school? Well, you know, I've always had an interest in programming. I did a little bit uh, uh, when I was young. Um, but I have to say, your your story um, was illuminating. And I think that um, participants are right to ask some hard questions about these boot camps and coding schools. You know, they're very new and they don't have long academic records or, or records uh, or statistics, really, of placing uh, graduates in you know, in professional jobs that we can look to with confidence. So I think, you know, I think probably for, for for me or for anyone, it's probably worthwhile looking at some of these programs with just a little bit of caution. Uh, my, my coding skills stopped in about the eighth grade when I made a video game uh, that uh, ended as soon as you fired a laser. And that's it for this week's Decrypted. Thanks for listening. If you have an iPhone, please subscribe to the show on your native podcast app and leave us a rating and review there. That helps more listeners discover the show. You can also rate and review us on iTunes, and we're on a bunch of other platforms like SoundCloud, Pocket Cast, and Stitcher. And tell us what you thought of today's show. I'm on Twitter at, at Brad Stone. Sarah's at, at McBrideSG, and Marie is at, at Marie underscore A underscore Paris. This episode was produced by Pia Gadkari, Aki Ito, Magnus Henriksen, and Liz Smith. Emily Biuso edited our accompanying print story, which you can find on Bloomberg.com technology. Aaron Black assisted in recording. Alec McCabe is head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll see you next week. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.